What's up, Relay friends? Welcome to <laughs> Relay Storytime with Laura Thweet. I'm here with Lindsay Hine. This is Peter Bromka. And I am probably frozen right now because they're, uh, my co-hosts are laughing at me. But um, we had the fortune of being in Orlando this weekend and had a member of our team compete in the U.S. Olympic trials. And so we couldn't pass up with the opportunity to hop on and hear all about it from inside uh, the insider perspective um, of the weekend. So, Laura, thank you for agreeing to answer our questions and geek out with us. Yes, I'm excited to be here. It's fun to be back on the show. Um, oh, yeah, we've missed you. We've I know, missed I feel like you. I've been very, like, in and out. Um, oh, understandably. So, be back. Yeah. Some business to take care you. of. I had some stuff going on, you know? I had some things. But now I'm free as a bird, so you won't be able to get <laughs> rid of me. I'll, That's I'll what be we've been you. telling people. We've been like, Laura's be coming back. Just yeah. so you all know, we get Laura back after the trials. She's back. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we're so excited to have you, and we have so many ideas for um, things to be doing. I will say, um, so my initials are PMB, which also are the initials for post-marathon blues. Um, the thing that people talk about. So I've seen it like written PMB and I'm like, why are they, uh, You're no, like, it's not really about me. Yeah. I yeah, have some major PMB going on right now. Uh, I was wondering, like we built up the trials as like the most exciting race is the PMB afterwards. Tell us about that. Yeah. I always struggle with that after a marathon, like regardless of how it goes, um, especially a marathon, like the trials, which is this thing that's just like out there like four years in advance like it's just this thing that's like you're always kind of working towards um and so then when it like finally gets here and then you do it and then it's over no matter how you do or how the day goes there's this like hangover effect of like well now what like you just kind of feel like empty like you're kind of like i put so much time and energy and I just like poured myself into this one event for so long and then it's over and you're like, who am I now? Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do next. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, it's a super weird feeling. And I get that after a lot of my marathons, um, just because as you guys know, the marathon is just its own entity and because you train for it so differently and you have to pour yourself into that preparation so differently than any other event. Um, and then you do it and then it's over and you're kind of like, huh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like empty. I don't know. It's like a weird thing, but uh, it's very real with the trials. I felt that way in 2020. And then now I'm just like, I don't know. It's just yeah. so weird that it's over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's maybe... like any major life event, right? Like yeah. major life events and the trials it's like the big, big thing. Like marathons are big, but the trials are like on steroids, that on steroids. Because yeah, it's just so built up for so long. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's its own thing. Like the Olympic trials marathon is its own type of marathon. And it has a different come down, I think, for a lot of people, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm very much wonder... in that right now. <laughs> and as well. you should be. I mean, I think as, as all competitors are and... Um... I mean, yeah, it's it's been less than a week. I'm curious to roll back the clock. You were, and we, we've talked about this before, and maybe I, I like to say that like your friends are the ones who bring up uh, your life uh, highlights 
un, you know, unaided. Um, so here on RelayPod, we like to bring it back to Laura Thweet, the darling of the 2020 trials, um, crusher out there making the pace and chasing. Um, and so, I mean, that was a crazy day for you. Can, can you revisit, um, inevitably fifth place, but like, where does that race sit in your mind now, four years later? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll always be proud of the race that I ran in 2020. And to be honest, I was hoping to run a similar one six days ago. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, it, it's one of those races where it's just always going to be bittersweet because I gave that race everything. I ran it the only way I believed I could run it to like give myself every opportunity to make that team. Um, and I came so close. I was within 16 seconds of that team. Mm. Um, and so I was so proud of how I ran it. And I just... I left no stone unturned. I didn't go in with a backup plan. Like it was like all or nothing. Um, but then to miss the team uh, and to be fifth. I mean, we always talk about anyone that's not top three leaves the trials disappointed. No matter what kind of race you had, no matter where you ended up, even if it was a great performance, you're going to leave heartbroken. Um, so Atlanta will always kind of hold a mixture of emotions for me. Um, but it truly was a race where I was like, I still have what it takes to be a contender to make this team. Mm -hmm. And so I was really drawing on Atlanta going into, into this one. Um, and that's a part of where I kind of got that confidence as far as like, I still, I can still turn up to this type of event and like be in it, um, because of what I did four years ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll always, Atlanta will always be a special race for me, um, even though it was horribly heartbreaking and it took me like three years to recover from. Mm. And now well, that... I'm back. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> now I have to Well, that was my, my question was how long, if you look back, when did you move out of that like post-marathon phase? Um, what did that, it was also like a very weird time in the world, but like, yeah, was what say, was that it was like for you? It was a weird time because like the, like, you know, life hit in like this really horrific, scary pandemic overtook our world mm -hmm. um and so it really kind of like i guess in a way it was like because that hit so soon after and you're trying to grapple with like the new reality that we were suddenly all thrust in i feel like i didn't really grieve or like process like the experience in atlanta and so you know you get out of 2020 and you're in 2021 and we're all trying to kind of like put things back on track and it was like i felt like i that's when I started to kind of process everything. And I was kind of like going through the PMB, if you will, like a year later. So I yeah. feel wow. like the pandemic almost delayed for me just kind of processing everything because you just didn't really have time to process the race when there was something so much bigger going on. Um, and so I felt like it took me longer to kind of come off of that and kind of, I don't know, like, yeah, it was just weird. Um, I, I feel like I've just really struggled since 2020. Like I've, I haven't really put together, I put together one good marathon in like the span of four years. Um, and so like that, I think that was kind of challenging going into this one where it's like, you're confident in the build that you're doing and you're confident that you can get back to that like place within the sport. But it's just been a really hard like four years um, since 2020 because of everything that happened and then just processing that race itself. And then I don't know, it was just like a weird time. So. Um, so many of us who, you know, have highlight races for ourselves, there is that like two sides of the coin of um, it gives you confidence. It's like, that's who I can be. And I'm just but I've also 
I guess speaking personally, I've had moments where they weigh on me or they feel like people often use the uh, ghost in Mario Kart as an analogy of like, you see yourself up there and you're like, like, that is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so if those are the two sides of the coin, like how have, the, how have those two things hit you over the years? Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that I like struggle with. Um, cause yeah, like I said earlier, one side, I was just like, that was a great race. And I felt like after the struggles I had kind of gone through before 2020 to kind of get back up to that level where I can go out into a really deep competitive marathon with the best women in the country and like almost make a team. I was like, okay, like I still have it. And I, it's realistic to go another four years and like really set myself up. Um, but then, yeah, at the same time, it's like, you just missed the team, you know, you didn't quite make it. Uh, then everything happened. And then you're trying to kind of get yourself back up to that like place and, Yeah. I don't know. It's just been a challenge. I've really struggled with like confidence over the last three years. Um, that belief that I can still compete with the best in the country. Um, the sport has changed so much in the last four years. And so sometimes I kind of feel like I'm just like getting left behind. Like I just Mm -hmm. can't quite seem to put that breakthrough race together to like prove to myself, most importantly, that like, I can still be really competitive in the sport that it is now with Mm. the depth that we have now. Um, So there's just a lot of different things that you kind of battle. And I think everyone can relate to that. Um, It's just the sport has the highest of highs and it has the lowest of lows, like anything else in life. And it's just navigating everything in between that. And it's just kind of been like that for the last four years for me. And so in a way it gives you fuel going into like this next opportunity um to kind of quiet all of that and then when that doesn't go well you're kind of like I don't know there's just like a lot of things that you're just trying to process and wrestle with um so yeah I definitely relate to the ghost analogy I'm like I know what I'm capable of because I have done it but I haven't done it recently and I'm not I keep falling short and I'm like why do I keep falling short you know and that's just I don't have answers to that right now that's so hard I think that anybody can resonate with that sentiment, like regardless of being a professional runner. I I mean, I feel like that in the running industry as a media person, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I feel like I'm getting left behind all the time because there's so many big, exciting things happening. Mm -hmm. And I was actually thinking about you professional runners as I was having those feelings. Woe is me myself, because I was like, well, what do they feel like when like, you know, there's like five new women on the stage who are like, winning the Olympic trials and their debut marathon. Like, where do I fit into this puzzle? And people feel like that in their careers too, mm-hmm. that aren't professional runners. So I think that, um, I think that what you're saying there is important and it will make people, other people feel less alone. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the biggest thing is it's like me remembering that I'm not alone and like feeling the things I'm feeling or wrestling with like all these kind of like unanswerable questions at the moment. And then, yeah, other people knowing that like, Hey, It happens at every level, Mm. whatever career path you're in. Like, that's just life sometimes. It's just the timing sucks sometimes. And there's things that happen that are out of your control. And it's the most frustrating thing. Um, But it's just figuring out how to, like, pivot, like, kind of 
pick up the pieces in a different way than you kind of maybe thought you were going to have to and like keep moving forward. But you have to give yourself that time to feel everything. And that's kind of Mm -hmm. what I've been doing this week. You know, it's like you can't pretend it didn't happen and you can't just like snap your fingers and be like, okay, like I'm going to pivot and just throw myself into this and just like keep going. It's like you have to kind of give yourself that time to like feel all the things that come with a disappointment. Um, And so that's kind of where I'm at right now is it's just like feeling all the range of emotions that like came with Saturday and then looking forward you're like okay like in time I'm gonna know what to do with all of this but like I don't have to have the answer right now um so um I was thinking about this and maybe this is a hard question but when you did get fifth at the trials you were being coached by Joe boss hard (laughs) have you ever thought about going back (laughs) (laughs) um is that awkward to ask? No, no, that's a fair question. Um, I had a lot of success with Joe. Um, I'll always respect Joe. Uh, and I love that team. I mean, I'm still very close to a lot of women on that team, some of who are, you know, my closest friends and have just been like rocks of support for me. Um, but I just think I, it was just a hard time in my life when I was mm-hmm. working with Joe. There were a lot of things going on that, um, people didn't know about and I haven't been super public about. Um, And so I think the timing of when he and I met, like, it's a hard one because I'm so grateful to him and Emma Coburn um, for allowing me the opportunity to work with them and to be on that team. And that team did so much for me, like so much more than people will ever know. Um, But I think it just got to a point, like, again, like 2020 happened, things got really hard and complicated. You know, I was starting to question, like, do I need something a little bit different training wise? Like, do I want to coach myself? Like, am I just kind of at a point now where like, that's what I need? And so I just felt like when I started kind of questioning that it wasn't fair to Joe for me to keep working with him when like, I still didn't know what I wanted. Um, Even and I know that sounds weird, because I did have a lot of success with Joe. um, And he again, was a remarkable coach and friend to me during that time. And I will forever be grateful to him and that team. Um, They came into my life at a time that was just like really like dark. Um, And like, they helped me believe in myself again. Uh, And they helped me find the joy in running. Um, But again, I just, you know, I was just trying to figure things out for myself at that time. And I just felt like I needed to take a step back from any type of team and just really like, reset myself. And so I felt like it was unfair to stay in the team and to keep working with Joe when I knew I was questioning like my own stuff. So that's why mm-hmm. I took a step back. Um, and then to be honest, like I'm really happy where I am now. It was a weird journey to get to the track club, but like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like uh... I 100% have found the group that fits where I am now in my career. And when I found Joe, he and the team fit exactly what I needed for where I was then. And I just think as an athlete, like you change throughout your career and some athletes work with the same coach their whole career. And like, that's what works for them. They have success with that. And that's also like completely fine. I'm not one of those athletes. Like I, I need different things for like the different points I've been at in my career, the different places I've been emotionally, the different places I've been in my own personal life. Like I've just needed different things. Um, and so everyone I've worked with, I'll always be grateful for like where they fit in, in my journey, but where I am now is like a hundred percent. I think where I'm going to like write out my career, um, which is, like the right fit. So. That I was like a long-winded that. answer. No. Wonderful. No. As I was saying it, because no one's asked me that before, Lynn. So <laughs> I was well, like, I was, yeah, that's a really fair question. <laughs> I was thinking about it 
at the trials, like when I was watching you race. And then I'm like, well, you don't want to have regrets about leaving your coach. But like, I think that's, yeah, I'm glad that you, you shared it in that way. And I'm so glad that you're where you think you should be. Like that's, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I feel like with everything that I'm trying to figure out now, it's like, that's the piece I don't have to figure out. Like I trained, I had one of the best marathon builds I've ever had in my career. Um, I was super, super fit. I was ready. I was just in a really stable place psychologically, emotionally, like, that's, it's just so nice to be like, that's, I don't have to figure that piece out. Like it was honestly just shitty timing and just like an unfortunate thing that was out of my control happened. So in that regard, I feel like I have like peace. Cause I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, like I know I'm in the right place. I just, I just need that. Like, it's funny. I was talking to my friend, Rosie Edwards yesterday, who um, is a really good runner for the UK. And like, we were just talking about how the marathon is like so much, like, it's also luck. Like you have to have everything line up regardless of how you train for it and like Mm -hmm. that's what makes the marathon so freaking hard and so heartbreaking sometimes because even if you have an amazing marathon build even if you do everything right like you know you have your your trip like there's just so many moving pieces that like have to still come together no matter how you prepared for it on the day and when one thing is off on the day like there's nowhere to hide out there and like that can be enough to derail the whole thing and like that's what makes it so hard like she was ready to race Houston. She trains with Jess Ton, or mm-hmm. I can't remember Jess's maiden McLean. name. But McLean. Yeah, McLean. She had an incredible day at the trials, almost freaking made that team. So awesome. Um, and Rosie trains with her. And so she was going to go to Houston, ready to rock, ready to try and get the Olympic standard. And then at like mile, like five or six, she stepped in a pothole and sprained her ankle and had to drop out. So it's like one of those things where it's like this freak thing that's mm-hmm. just like completely out of your control. And it's like... It, it just like, it's just so frustrating. Um, but I oh. think the marathon is also a lot of luck. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I'm, so I have a lot of questions, like so many things I want to pull on. I'm curious though, we have, we've sort of buried the lead, lead on like your day on Saturday. Um, like what came about for you and like I, for people listening so they know how your race went. Yeah. What was, your, what's the story of your race? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Yeah, I, like I said, I went in um, like feeling really confident. I was ready to rock. I was confident in my training. I knew I was ready to put together a big day. Um, and so the race started. It wasn't like absurdly hot when we started. Um, it was actually like a lot cooler than I thought it was going to be, like given just like kind of the buildup of like what the day was going to be weather wise. Um, but yeah, like three miles in, I was like, man, I don't feel good. Like something's just off. And for how fit I am and like for how I've prepped for this thing, I should not be feeling the way that I'm feeling like 5K in. Like I was already kind of coming unglued from the like that second chase pack. And I was just like, I don't know. Like I just feel kind of like depleted. Like I just Mm. didn't feel good. And I'm like, it's just too early to feel this way for like how I've prepared for this marathon. Um, so yeah, I got through the first eight mile loop and I was like, oh dear God, like I am not well. So I was like, okay, like you just need to like slow down a little bit, like regroup, let up, like I knew people were coming and I was like, just let a group catch you and then just try and sit in the group and like turn your brain off. Cause I was kind of in no man's land that first loop. And I was like, that was really hard. 
So I think going into like the second loop, Molly Huddle's group caught me with like Carrie. Um, I think Roberta Groner, like Roberta Groner was in there, um, a couple other athletes. And so Molly encouraged me, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just kind of like tucked into that group and was like, turn off your brain, turn off your brain, just like sit in as long as you can. And I got halfway through the loop with them. And then again, just like completely came unglued. It was just like, you're digging, but there's like nothing there. And like, I yeah. started to feel really weak and like kind of lightheaded. Mm -hmm. And I've just like never really felt like that in a marathon. I felt bad in a marathon before, but like this, this felt like, like, I just felt like I just was just super tired and just like, ugh, I just yeah. like didn't feel good. Like I felt like something was happening. Um, so I made it through the second eight mile loop and then like had the realization that like I had to do that again. And I was like, I'm going to die out there. Like if I, like, <laughs> like the back half of that loop was super exposed and open and there's like nothing out there. So I was like, okay, like just get your bottle at 18, like reset. My friend Bria uh, Wetch passed me mm -hmm. and like encouraged me. Like I couldn't go with her. I was just like, I literally have nothing. Like I was running on fumes at this point. So I got my bottle and then I started to kind of get really dizzy. And so like my vision started going in and out and I felt like I was detached from my body where like, you just don't feel like you're connected in yourself at all. And I was like, Ooh, like I need to probably stop. Um, yeah. you know me, I'm like, I'm going to finish this thing. Even <laughs> if I run three hours, like it could be my last look trials. Like I'm running for my company. Like I just like, I can't drop out. But then when I got to mile 19, I was like, I, if I don't stop, I'm going to like pass out. Like I've just never felt like that before. And so then I was like, well, where do I stop? Like, I couldn't remember what they told us in the tech meeting. I didn't really know where the aid stations were. I, I didn't see like any medical tents. Like they were there. I just like didn't know where they were. So I was like, okay. So I started to kind of like panic because at this point I was like, just so dizzy that like I was kind of swerving and I was like, I don't know what's happening to me. And so I heard someone yell my name and I mm. like turned and I recognized my strength coach, Chris Lee. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stop with, like by this person who knows me and like he'll be able to help me like figure out how to get back to the finish line. So I like pull off the course. And as soon as I stop, it's like I couldn't stand anymore. Like I mm. just like went down. Um, and then I started to have a panic attack because I didn't know what was happening. And I was dizzy. I was kind of confused on where I was. Uh, I was obviously frustrated that I like fell and like that I was pulling off and I wanted to keep going. So I started to have this panic attack and it was like this whole thing. Mm. Anyway, like police officers came over, they got like medical personnel. Um, they like wheeled me off the course and then they put me in an ambulance and took me to the hospital. And I was like freaking oh, out because I didn't want to do that. But they were like, you don't have any choice. Wow. Um, so I got taken to the hospital. Uh, that was like a whole experience. I've never been in an ambulance before. Uh, and then when I got there, they were obviously just like, it just like, they did all these tests, like an EKG. And, uh, it came back that I was obviously severely dehydrated. Um, and then I tested positive for COVID. Oh uh, gosh. and they were like, do you like, did you like, were you sick recently? And I was like, well, yeah, like I got like a horrible flu 10 days before the race. And I didn't tell anyone. Cause I was like, I'll be fine. Right. Um, and it was like three days after I got to Florida, I got like laid out, um, with this horrible flu and I tested, I did like a home test and it was negative. Looking back on that, I'm like, should have tested again, but I didn't. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought I had this horrible flu. And so I was laid out for like four days. Um, and then going into race week, I was feeling better. 
but it's like you're tapering at this point. So you're not really having to like stress your body. Like my yeah. longest, like my last workout before the race was like four miles. Right. So it's like, I felt good enough doing all of the tapering prep that I was like, okay, it's out of my system. Like I'm ready to rock. And they were like, no, it's very much like not out of your system. And like, you're still like, your body is still fighting this huge viral load. Like no wonder things didn't go well for you today. And I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense as to like why I felt like oh. I was going to die like 5k in. So anyway, it was a weird experience and it was like, I don't know. It was weird because it's like on one end, at least you have an answer as yeah. to what happened. Like Boston was almost more painful because mm -hmm. I didn't know what happened. Like I, I couldn't like, I couldn't understand why that day was so hard. I do now looking back on things, but like in that moment, I didn't really understand. Um, we're like, this is like a concrete, like this is why like the day didn't go well. But then on the other end of things, you're like, are you freaking kidding me? Like I've gone three and a half years, like to my knowledge, never having COVID. And oh, wow. I get it 10 days before the freaking Olympic trials. Like it's, if it wasn't so like horribly sad still, it's like funny. Cause you're just like, what are the odds that yeah. like, I finally get myself back to a really great place and I've put myself in every position to go after this thing. I've sacrificed all of these things. And then I get COVID unknowingly and then just have to drop out of the rate. Like, I can't make sense of the timing of that. Um, but in a way, it's like, well, at least I know that it's not my training. Wasn't like anything else. Like, I did everything else right. I just got COVID. Oh, I'm <laughs> so. so sorry to hear that. I did not know that until you just told me. Um, I will tell you when I saw you at 10 K I was out on the backside in the exposed like Ugh. oven. And I yeah, was like, it was an oven out um, there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, this is the, I feel like this is the brass tacks of what we were talking about when, like when Sarah Hall was like, we need to move mm. the time of the race, like as a fan and as a pro sport, we're like, we're mimicking Paris and we're doing this or that. Um, and you're like, oh, but like, be aware that these athletes will, they are prepared to put, push themselves way beyond all signals that their bodies are sending them. Um, and that's, it's, it's like not ideal <laughs> at, at the service level, all the way down to dangerous at like the base level. Um, but yeah, there was a part of me that wanted to run out and tackle you at 10K because I was like, my friend is not all right. Um, mm. And like, <laughs> well, many people the, yeah. that were like yeah you didn't look like you looked like you weren't yourself like really yeah. early on and they were like that was concerning like you just didn't mm -hmm. look like you and i was like yeah i mean i did that's how i felt like i felt like something's not right but like i don't know what it is you know and you don't like you said peter like as athletes especially at that level mm. in that race with the stakes being what they are you're like well I'll obviously die out here before i'm gonna stop like you yeah. just don't we don't have that like metric really or i don't like that was my thing and then i then at 19 i was like you are dying like <laughs> you should probably like you found the limit today like this yeah. is probably you need you need to stop <laughs> oh my gosh yeah absolutely um yeah someone uh, my college uh captain used to like personify like the signals your bot like your body outside of your mind and he would be like your body is like trying to slow you down. Like your body is not happy with what you're doing. So he would even, he would more talk about like, 
when it like when you pin your arms back and you're like slowing down like that's your body being like good good like we're <laughs> slowing down yeah. like we, i was definitely yeah. slowing down I was like, and your body's down. like like take out her calf like send a signal like cramp her calf we need like because left to her own devices the captain is like the captain is drunk the captain is going off the rail <laughs> you're drunk captain go home like, yeah you and you're like no you're let's go yeah. um like, oh, i'm curious <laughs> i hope it's not too painful to go back one one thing that stands out as a runner to me is when you say when when athlete says like I had a lot of confidence in my build. Like, can you bring us, are there some moments, what stands out to you with your level of experience that you're like, Ooh, that's a good sign. That's a good, that's a marker of like things are clicking. Yeah. For me, it's the longer stuff. Um, and that's like kind of what I felt like I was missing in like the, like in the old environment that I kind of like transitioned out of to join the track club in Evan. Um, I wanted longer, like more marathon paced work because that's the kind of stuff I get a lot of confidence from. And so uh, Brian and I did, Brian Troy is one of my training partners and I love him dearly. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, he and I did a 16 mile tempo run, like maybe a month out. I can't remember. It was about a month out probably. Um, and I averaged 545 like up here in Boulder for that. And so it was after stuff like that that I'm like, like I'm ready to go. Like when you do yeah. the longer stuff, like kind of around that marathon pace where you just have to hold that uncomfortable feeling, but find a rhythm in it for that amount of time. Like I was doing tons of stuff like that. And I was just like, I've never trained like this before because I've never been durable enough to do this kind of work. And now I'm mm -hmm. doing this kind of work that I've never been able to do. And I'm doing it consecutively week after week after week, hitting 90, 95 mile weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've wow. never done that going into a marathon. Even when I ran 225, wow. I was horribly injured going into that one. And I was not training anywhere close to where like I was training now. And so I was just like, I'm at a different level just for myself than I've ever really been. And I feel like I'm finally coming into my own with being able to train at this completely new level for the marathon. And I was like, that's so exciting. And like, this is the race where I'm going to have this breakthrough that I know has been there, but I haven't been able to put together because of injuries or just not being able to train at that level where everyone else that you're competing at is training at. Um, like going into Atlanta, I couldn't, I was running 65 miles a week and then cross training a shit ton. Like, and I was fifth. Wow. So I was like, I'm like worlds ahead of where I was going into Atlanta four years ago, because I'm finally strong enough to be able to train at this level that everyone else is training at. And I was like, so pumped about it. So like, that's when I say I had all this confidence yeah. that I build, like, that's what I'm talking about. It was just like, I've never been able to train that way before. It was pretty cool. I'm curious, like, since you didn't finish, obviously, and you have all that fitness that you weren't able to, like, do, you know, you weren't able to show it. Like, are you running a spring marathon? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, Lindsay. Sorry. <laughs> I know that Get was out so of here. annoying. Lindsay's getting kicked out of the group chat. Well, I wonder. No, it's a good I, question. I wondered, like, who's going to, you know, who that didn't make the team is going to run it. But I just keep thinking, like, all that fitness. I mean, just the way you explained it, I'm like, we want to see it on display. Yeah. Huh. Like, I mean. You remember she has COVID. 
<laughs> yeah. Just to um, not lose sight of the. <laughs> I it's a good question because I've been wrestling with that myself, Lindsay. Like I'm, I'm obviously really frustrated and I'm pissed off and I'm just like, mm. it's just so unfair. And I'm like, I have so much fitness and I poured like four months of myself into this freaking build. Like I've essentially been building for the trial since August. Like mm. we've been like laying the foundation to put the marathon build on. So I've been training for this thing for like seven months. So. Yeah. So I made it to 20 miles and obviously because I was super unwell, it's like, you're not obviously like able to like really extend yourself to like your fitness cap. Um, so this week I'm like, Oh, like I don't want to take like a massive break. Like I was planning to, because it's like, I am super fit and I have this huge base I've never had. And I don't mm. want it to completely go to waste. Um, but as far as a marathon goes, it's like psychologically, no, like I, I need to still take a break psychologically from the marathon and like the build and everything that the marathon entails. Like physically, I could probably turn around uh, and do something this spring, but it's like mentally, like a marathon is just like, like I'm mentally not in a space where yeah. I can go into another marathon. Like I need more time. Um, but I do plan on doing some shorter stuff and like getting myself going again next week. Uh, and kind of pivoting into like just building back with some shorter races and kind of hopefully finding some confidence and momentum in those to set myself up for a hopeful fall. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, no spring marathon. Like psychologically, I'm like, no, you definitely still need a break mentally <laughs> from the marathon, even though like you're physically probably fit enough to go run one. I'm like, no, I'm just like not in a mental space to go do that. I find it fascinating because a bunch of people are going to run Boston. 10 weeks um and yet so like the analyst in me is like cool that's almost going to be a data set there will be enough people who do that but then it's not really a good data set because some people dropped out um mm -hmm. some people finished some people and then i i do think it's meaningfully different if you're a professional aiming to make the team like i think what you i'm positing here but like what you did to your body um, was a level of stress that's separate from a woman who a woman or a man who's like oh you know i'm hoping to finish top whatever and i'm going to jog it in um so you, yeah i i would i i, I kind of get cringy when i see athletes i'm like oh now they're chasing like now they're yeah. like riding they're like riding depleted but like unclear levels of fitness or you know, that pursuit is, yeah, is I hard. Think it's hard. Like obviously everyone's different in how they can like bounce back from something, but the trials is unique in the sense of like, it's this emotional, like psychological stress that you kind of just have for like the five months you're building into it or even yeah. like the year, you know, like it's, it's just like this. Yeah. You're just carrying this. Like, it's like this, like this anxious, like this underlying kind of like angst, like at least for me where it's like, you want it so badly and you're putting so much like it's just a different build like not that you don't put like everything into your other ones but like 
it's just different because it comes every four years and only three people get the opportunity to make the team. Yeah. And so it just has its own level of stress that like, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, like, I think most of us are probably carrying that as we're preparing for it. And then like the day comes and it goes, however it goes. And then you come off of it, even if you come off of it, like physically. Okay. I think a lot of people, like you said, who are really aiming to make that team and like sacrificed and threw everything into this opportunity that you only get every four years and then you don't make the team like you have to kind of take that into account it's like yeah maybe physically you can pivot and run boston in two months but it's like where are you at psychologically and emotionally like you're like for me i'm like i'm still so drained because this huge like you've just been carrying this like underlying load for so long that i don't know i just think it's interesting how that affects people differently and whether you think yeah. you're doing that or not you go into another marathon and i think for some people they're like oh shit like i wasn't i wasn't ready to do that yeah you get a lot of like oh inevitable dropouts or like yeah. oh like shocker it wasn't on um I just yeah think i mean like off yeah. the trials is just different oh yeah anything. and sometimes not acknowledging that like can be really challenging as you like try and like move forward later on if you know what i mean like i don't i just think yeah. it's it's just different and so i think people just need to like be aware that like it's a real thing coming off the trials it's very different than like coming off another marathon going into another one you know i don't know well emily sisson made the team and she was describing to chris chavez this week about how nervous she was she was just like it's she's like i was telling my husband it's just so different than all these other races where yeah. like i hope to finish top 10 or maybe top <laughs> five or she's like it's just so binary and i'm just like oh yeah um, i just think i'm like i'm anxious for this and like a completely different way like i'm like i was so nervous that whole last week i was just like it's just so different because you know you're ready and it's not to say that you're not like confident in what you can go do but like yeah it's just such a black and white like if you're not top three, then it almost feels like everything you poured into it was like for nothing, you know? It probably also, you're probably affected differently based on like where you are in your career, mm -hmm. right? If it's someone's first time at the trials, like it and might not feel like, then you're like yeah. yeah, you like a lot of people, like there were a lot of people that were like, this is my first trials. Like all I want out of this is like the experience of like, knowing what it's like to be at a trials. And so I think that is very different yes. coming off of it than like, this is my third trials. I have been fifth twice. I dropped out of this one because I had COVID and I'm like, I'm 35. Like it is different. And mm -hmm. so again, it really just depends like where you're at. I think there's all these external things that like shapes everyone's experience coming off of this like different. Mm. Um, I was going to say, because earlier you mentioned like, if you don't make the top three, you walk away heartbroken. I wonder what percentage of the field actually feels like that. Like what percentage of the field was like, I could have a day and make this team. Because, you know, if you qualified with a 237, you're probably not thinking you're going to make the team. What do you guys have thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I think I'd say that there's probably like, I mean, again, when you look at the depth, it's I think crazy. realistically there's probably like, Again, not having like statistics or numbers in front of me, I would say there's like what twenty or twenty twenty five athletes that That's like have a thinking. very very real chance to uh -huh. go and make that team. Like yeah. at least that, in my opinion. Again, with the depth and like what we've seen people running over the last four years, like I'd say anyone that like has 
dipped under that 230, that 228. Like there's a lot of women that have been in that like mid to upper 220s. Like, yeah, we have like our top, top women, obviously like Sisson, Diamato, Bates, like all running like close to the sub 220 or under 220. But it's like realistically with the trials being in Orlando, Mm -hmm. like with how many women actually did have the Olympic standard or like because we unlocked it, all you really had to do was be under 229.30. That puts a lot of women in a boat to make that team. Um, and so, yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of disappointed men and women out there that like, especially women given again, just, we were in a little bit of a different position than yeah. the men were. Um, we're like, there were a ton of, like there were a lot of women that were realistically like shooting for that team, given like what was required to do that. Like a lot of women were able to do that. Well, and you look at the top 10 of the women and that just proves what you just said right there. I mean, there were some oh. people that were mixed up in there that mm-hmm. maybe we wouldn't have thought would be in there. And then yeah. all the people that followed behind them. I mean, there's... Yeah, I mean, that's why I always advocate for the trials. I understand there's a pro and con. Like some people are like, shouldn't we just send like the best wow. runners like the UK or like other countries like select based off of like time, like who has the standard and then like kind of a descending order list of like, you know, like we would send like, you know, whoever's like the top three who have run like 220 or fat. Like people have argued that like the trial system can sometimes be unfair because mm-hmm. it's like, it's not like you're like, like let's say Sisson, she's obviously the American record holder, right? And like would be a shoe in if you were just like going yeah. off yes. of, like, a listening order list. But it's like, what if like she had a day like I had? Like what if she had COVID and like dropped out and like loses her opportunity to make the team when like clearly right now, given like her body of work over the last two years in the marathon, she's arguably probably one of our best marathoners, but she yeah. wouldn't go. So people argue that, but, and I get that. I understand that piece of it. But for me being like who I am and the athlete that like the strengths I believe I bring to the table, like, I think it's really exhilarating to like, see who's the best on the day mm-hmm. and kind of like, just let people, because th- you get to see people like Jess McLean, like no one, you know, if you don't remember her, it's Jess Tan back when she was obviously as good as she was running for Brooks Beast and all that on the track. Like people are like, who is that? She almost made a team or Fiona O'Keefe, like never on a marathon wins the trials. Like I like the trials because it allows it, it gives everyone an opportunity. It can be anyone's day. And it like, it plays to the underdog. Right. And so I love that having always been an underdog. So I love the trial setup. And I think it's really great because you get what we got on the women's side of things Mm. on Saturday. And I think that's so incredible and fun. Um, And so I wouldn't have it any other way, but I get that, you know, there's always like arguments to either side, but uh, it is really cool the way we we do it. I love that. Dude, that's the pull quote. That's the pull quote of the episode right there. (laughs) I, I love that. I love the way you talk about that. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on somebody winning the trials in their debut marathon. I mean, it's funny because I just think back to Molly Seidel and I'm just like, it's kind of the same thing. And like, I laugh because I always say that like, sometimes I'm like, should you be able to qualify in half? Mm -hmm. Because the marathon is very, very different than a half marathon. It's not the same. It's like, it's like, People being like, oh, like if you run a really great 5K on the track, does that just automatically qualify you for a 10K, you know, at USA's? Right. Like they're not the same. Like it's not the same distance. Um, And like the half to the marathon is an even bigger jump, obviously. And so I'm I'm always kind of like, should you be able to qualify in a half? Like, I don't know. But then Fiona O'Keefe rolls in (laughs) and then Molly rolls in in 2020. And I'm like, 
never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, clearly, there's exceptions to every rule, um, which is, I mean, and again, like, they both had insane bodies of work, and they're obviously extremely talented from, like, five all the way to half. So it's like, of course, the potential for them to nail a marathon is very much there. But it is it is kind of funny, and it, it made me laugh when everyone's like, Fiona won, and I was like, see, this is why I should... <laughs> I should never doubt the system. <laughs> so it's interesting though, like you're saying, these are different events. I'm a big homer for the marathon. Like I feel like I it's becoming my thing to like suss out when people are almost disrespecting the marathon or like Maybe. softballing, the you know. All the time. We're like, why do people disrespect this event so often? And that's also yeah. what me so that's why sometimes i'm like the half and the marathon aren't the same it's aren't just because same. you run 67 minutes and a half doesn't always mean you're going to run 220 in the marathon like it's not the same thing so i hate when we just assume and a lot of times yeah. people make that jump seamlessly and you're like there it is but <sighs> it doesn't always happen though like it's just they're two different things and so i don't know <laughs> totally but i would put my chips in the well as someone who picked fiona keith on my fantasy team oh, um, Robin. <laughs> i'm just gonna keep you guys aren't gonna hear the end of this for a year um like the there are certain distance runners who are notoriously like long long distance grinders you know like mm -hmm. they're people so no one it's easy in hindsight to say like of course we saw seidel is gonna have a good debut but like she has notoriously been like yeah give me more distance um yeah. whereas like on saturday you had like the Jennies and the Paul Chalimos who are like, they're so fast, they're going to move up. And you're like, okay, I don't know. Has anyone seen them do a long, 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 long tempo? Like really long? Um, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't advise. And you know that like, I wouldn't have, I'm guessing they don't because you wouldn't advise it for the type of training, types of running they like to do. You know, so you're like, probably, she's, he and her are probably not the people who are like, oh, I like to go 20 on the weekend. You know, it's just like unadvisable. Um, I'm curious where, yeah, when talk about that, you come to, I'm sorry, like you go to the hospital, you come back. Um, how does that, what is it like shifting into like hearing about the race, both on the men's and the women's yeah. side? Yeah, it was, so I was in the hospital and my practitioner and friend Marcus was there with me. And so I was obviously asking, I was like, how did the race play out? Um, and so he was telling me like top three. And then I was asking about like, you know, my friends and like people mm. that like, you know, you, you're uh hoping had better days than you did um mm. and yeah it was one of those things where it's like i don't know in that moment it was really heartbreaking because you were obviously like hoping that was going to be you um mm. so it was like hard to hear about it but at the same time like how can you not be excited hearing about like fiona o'keefe winning the trials like again because it's just like i think that's what is such a cool part about our sport is that like it can truly be anyone's day and to see and like Dakota Lidworm, like what, like that was so sick. Like, you know, like, and obviously like, you know, I'm a Sisson fan. And so like you, you know, it was great to see her slot in there, but like, it was kind of like 2020. Like I love when people make the team mm -hmm. that like no one really gives credit to. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was awesome having like two other people up there with Emily that you're just like, how many people picked those people to be in the top? Right. Right. Like yeah. we can all predict and we all have our favorites. And like, there's a reason we have favorites because of how they are running and how they performed over the years. But it's really cool for me. Like in 2020, when freaking Alphine, Molly and Sally made that team, like no one picked those three. No one even picked the top five. Um, and so that was really fun for me, especially hearing about Dakota. Um, 
you're just like, yeah, that's the sport. And that's why we have the trials. And it's just really cool to see like underdogs, so to speak, mm-hmm. like have that day where they shock everyone. And I felt like there was definitely some shock value to like the women's top three, which I loved. So that was really fun to actually hear about. Yeah. And Dakota, like when I interviewed her, I was surprised by how confident she was that she was going to make the team. Love it. Like, not that I should have been surprised. I just didn't know. And I don't think anybody knew. Like, she told me that she would get back from a workout in the middle of a 135-mile week and tell her boyfriend, like, I'm going to Paris. Like, she was so confident. And people like that fly under the radar because they're not sharing everything, you know, on social. Um. So, wow. Yeah. But I'm heartbroken for you, Laura. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how do we talk about these other women that have, the, that have made the team with excitement while being on the line with you when yeah. obviously like we wanted you to make the team too. <laughs> and like, we can like feel your heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying about Dakota, like that's how you have to go into it. Like I said the same thing to my mm-hmm. friends and to Evan. I was just like, I'm going to make that team. Like this is my team to make and after everything I've overcome and just like how hard the last like few years have been like I'm like I know I'm on the cusp of a breakthrough and like the timing of when that's going to be is going to be perfect like I Mm. went in the same way Dakota went in and if you're not going in that way why are you there like you don't have that underlying confidence of like this is my team to make and Mm. I'm going to go make it and so again that's why when that doesn't happen for whatever reason on the day, it's heartbreaking because you spend the last, in my case, really year, like putting everything towards this and like wanting it so badly. And then it doesn't come together. And you're just like, like, it's just, it's just heartbreaking, but it's like, that's how you have to go into it. And that is why it's so heartbreaking because you have to go in being like, this is my team. Like there's no plan B, there's nothing to fall back on. I'm putting everything out here and like, that's going to be it. And then, you know, it's just, but there's no other way to do it. And it's wild that 20 to 30 women felt that same way. Yep. Which is crazy if you look back at past trials. Like, specifically, I think about even 2016. It's like Mm -hmm. just that depth, what you had brought up at the beginning of the episode, like how much it's changed. It's freaking crazy. It's crazy. Even from 2020, because even in 2020, we were like, this is the deepest marathon field we've ever assembled. And it was. And then four years later, we're like, no, this is the deepest marathon (laughs) field that we've ever assembled for the U.S. women. Like, it's just, you're like, what's it going to be in four more years? Like, good Lord, it's going to take 20 to make the team. Like, you're going to have to run like 219 at the trials. (laughs) And I think athletes like Jess McClain, what she did on Saturday is like probably unlocking other athletes who may be like that, I'm going to walk away from this for a little bit, like unlocking their mind thinking, wait a minute. And then she just ran a marathon and one more and was like, okay, let's go see what I can do. And she gets fourth. Yeah. Like how many people are like, I retired and are like, well, well maybe I can go to, go do this actually. So like, yeah, like the, the list could be endless of how many people come back and do that. Right? And I think it has a, the depth has a, I'm guessing an impact on the top of the field so there's a world where like emily and kira are like the only people who have ever have broken 220 and they're like we're just gonna you know if you strip away a lot of the depth they're just like we're gonna separate ourselves mm-hmm. and um i mean it's it's so it's a counterfactual because it's like those women were not going to get away from 
how many amazing American women there are. But yeah, when you start to be like believing that dozens of women are walking in and saying in the door and being like, I am fit enough. Um, it changes the dynamic. I think back to LA where Shalane and Amy, like the best thing you can have is that like training partner. You're like, we're just yeah. block everything out and just go ahead. You know, <laughs> um, I'm curious though. I mean, I feel like the more this happens every once in a while where like I, analyze a race to the degree where i'm like i don't want to be a pro runner i would never want to be a pro runner like that's so insane um so like yeah like where does that tell us more about what it's like to be a pro i would just like to say Lindsay, i don't want to this hour to pass before um we co cover the fact that i happened to be jogging around lake eola as and realized i came by the the metal detectors for the the participants to come into the protected area right as laura and kara are coming through and i'm wearing a hat and shades and i'm just like laura woo! and she <laughs> like, just looks over like i didn't put it together i was like oh it's a fan <laughs> and i felt really cool because i was walking next to kira and i got a shout out and i was like <laughs> i freaking made it and then later laura i was like because I, <laughs> I was walking away i was like oh wait no i actually really know him <laughs> You were with Kara Goucher or Kira D'Amato? Yeah, I was with Kira D'Amato. Um, we were like walking off the bus together. We're always like bus buddies. I don't know. Okay. Not oh. always, but like we sat together on the way to the Boston half and then we were bus buddies on the way to the this one. So anyway, I got off the bus with her and yeah, <laughs> we're Peter, but I didn't register at first with Peter and I was yeah. just like, yeah, just that's great. Right. I'm getting a shout out. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Oh. Um, have you talked to Kira post-race? No. No. Yeah, yeah another was, like, another heartbreak there. Uh, too. I know. That's the thing. Like so many. It was such a weird day because it's like you have like what we just talked about, like that piece of the race. And then you have so many people that had heartbreaking days, mm -hmm. whether it was where they finished or a lot of people ended up dropping out. Like, I feel like every loop I went through, I kept seeing people dropping out. And I'm like, should I be doing that? Like, I obviously do not feel great. I'm well out of contention for anything that I had hoped for the day. Like, do I keep going? Do I not? Um, so a lot of people had very similar days to the day that I had. Um, on top of like, you have both layers, you have yeah. exciting top three, like top five, like people coming out of nowhere, having the days of their life, like awesome. And then you have everything else where it's just, there was a lot of heartbreak and dropout. Um, it was a weird day. I'm sorry. We'll miss that... people. Oh. Like if we even try to think of all, I'm like Kira, you, Sarah, Vaughn, oh, like... Betsy, Alphine, oh. Molly. Molly. Well, that's why I wanted to bring up Betsy because, Laura, we were described over text around like this randomness. I at the time did not know that you had gotten COVID, which just like, yeah, really does break the brain and set you over here. But like, if I think of, okay, I have these, there's this experiment and you have a dozen just elite women's marathoners and you just throw them against the ground and like some of them break and some of them like somehow like hang on. I think you can approach it from a, there's going to be people who are like, let's break down their fueling strategy and their exact, like what types of tempos they did. And then when I went back and watched and Betsy Sena like is doing well. And then she just goes over to the side and lands down. And I think the key is she puts her face in the grass. She's like, I'm cooked. Um, and it's just like, oh yeah, some that's also going to happen. But I don't, how do you think about that? Like strategically we could do this thing versus like on the day things happened. Yeah, I honestly, like I was saying earlier, I think there's luck involved with the marathon. And I think no matter who you are, 
how you prepared, what mar- how you've run the marathon in the past. Like, I think that's what makes the trials always such a question mark and why it's so exciting to the people that are fans of the sport, even like an athlete in the sport, um, is because you still need the stars to align on that day. And sometimes they just don't. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, for whatever reason, whether it was fueling, the heat, how they prepared, if they went in with little niggles or injuries that they don't always broadcast going into the race, like you just don't know, like why on the day the stars also didn't align for them. But that is what makes the marathon the marathon. And that's why it separates it Mm -hmm. from everything else, because you have to have all of that on the day. And so a lot of people, for whatever reason, no matter how they prepped for it, it wasn't the stars in the line and it just wasn't their day. And I get it. Like, you know, when you're so far outside the top three and like, that's obviously why you're there. A lot of people struggle with like, do I finish or do I drop and save myself so I can turn around and do something in the spring? Like how far do I go knowing that the Olympic dream is gone and that's why I'm here. So the top 20, 25 women who are all there to make the team at what point when you're so far outside of that reality happening, do you have that like moment where you're like, do I keep going or do I not? Like when you have to look at like how you set yourself up for the rest of the year, because you can only do so many marathons. So do you finish and run 235 and finish 30th when you're there to be top three? And then you have to recover from that and then kind of like build back. And you may only get one other opportunity to run another marathon. You know, like there's also that going on in people's heads of like, do I just call it now and then, you know, come back for something later? So yeah, I think that's probably pieces of it too for people. Gosh, there's a lot of emotions here. Yeah. I mean, so, thank you. I can't like, imagine. It was, Orlando was incredible. I was like, just hold it together. You're going to be fine. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I can't imagine. I'm like, what are we doing to Laura right now? Why are we doing this to Laura? It is like healthy in a way to like process it outside of yourself. Cause like, I've just been in my head for like four days. So huh. kind of going back through it and like walking yourself through everything. And as you are trying to kind of like figure out what to do now it's i think that's part of the healing process so you guys are helping me heal (laughs) oh yeah i'm happy to hear that i mean i will say i i'm not gonna call anyone out but i i get angry as a fan because i'm such a fan of this where i'm like i'm a fan of distance runners and a fan of marathoners and so i say to some of my friends who are in the media space i'm like i'm not pleased with this woman or this man because they train in silence they race like once or twice a year. If it doesn't go well, they just disappear into the forest. I'm like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Like, um, you know, it, LeBron James has to give like a hundred press conferences a year post game press conference. That's a lot. Maybe we like, but I'm like, I am a big. He's paid I mean, well. Why, yeah, yeah. He's, he's compensated for it. Um, yeah, paying me I, like five million dollars. I'll talk to whoever you want okay. to talk to. Yeah, you'll you'll jump on. <laughs> But I you gotta get these your... relay sponsorships going for that. Let's go. Yeah. Let's it's gonna go. be a lot of pillows. <laughs> I don't no, know. Lizzie's I... chugging Olipop on there. I gotta <laughs> I know. Hey, Sidious Mag. Uh like they're <laughs> hey, sponsored by Olipop. This could be relay. Give us an, yeah, yeah, give us an Olipop sponsor. Um, I'm obsessed I, with I, these. Sorry, go ahead. I'm I'm curious for your processing. Yeah, you have like I like how you talk you describe like we all have teams as runners, but you actually have like like official members of your team sort of like um so what's it how have how have you chosen to work through the last couple of days yeah i mean i think it's super easy for me to like isolate and then just like spiral but i have learned 
over the years. That sounds great. Okay. <laughs> Let me paint you a dark picture. No, I've learned over the years that yes, it's important to like come back after something like this and like take time for yourself and kind of like reset and like reflect and like regroup. But it's also really important to like lean on your support system because that is why they are there. And I have worked really hard to put together an incredible support system and like they want to be there for you. And so I'm trying to lean on them and that has been extremely helpful and like very positive and like that also reminds you like you are more than just running like i think especially when the day doesn't go well like it's easy for me to sit here and be like like it's so easy to define yourself through your performances and when you have such a disappointing one on that stage it can be really hard to separate yourself out from that um so your support system like mine has been really great at being like yeah you're an incredible runner and what happened Saturday is unfair and shitty and it sucks and it's heartbreaking, but like, you'll come back from this. Like you've come back from everything else. And like the year's not over yet. Like there's still so many running opportunities that like, you're going to be able to like capitalize on. And like, it doesn't like this is it, this doesn't define your year, right? There's still so much more in your control that you can like, that you can, you know, like this year can still be what you wanted it to be. It might look different, but like it can still be a great year. But then they're also like, but you're more than just running. Like you're this other whole person that does all these other things and enjoys all these other pieces of life. Like now's a great time to be doing those things and getting that balance back as you start to like move forward into whatever's next with running. So I'm trying to like lean on them and they've been a really positive like space and so many of them were there which was like if there was ever a race for like almost all of my closest friends to be at it was this one so I went out after uh saw Peter saw Matt saw Mike uh and just got to like just celebrate like them being there and like also like lean on them because they obviously knew how devastated I was but they were also there to be like like just still like I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but it was just nice to have them there and just be able to lean on them and like have them encourage me to still like go out and like kind of enjoy, you know, the experience of all of it and just, you know, figure out like it's just a part of like how I'm going to start to move forward. So um, I find the more than a runner thing to be fascinating because it's obviously true. And we all have known people who have lost sight of that and it can be devastating can be honestly quite devastating and at the same time when you're at your best my experience is that athletes know that and they're thriving they're like i'm living my best life and like Mm -hmm. like and so uh i just want to acknowledge that i get this sick feeling when people like i'm more than a runner and i'm like i know (laughs) um yeah but like or i lose sight of that sometimes and like you just define yourself in that one space because you feel like that's really how so many people like know you and then um, you're like well, what am i if i'm not performing well and i'm not like this like superstar athlete you know like what else do i bring to the table and then everyone outside of that is like um like a lot everything like, you're definitely like that's like a piece of you but yeah. it's certainly yeah. not the whole thing um and like i think if i've learned i learned that really through emma bates like i felt mm. like she was someone who like the more she was like thriving in her running career, the more balance and like whole person she was at the same time. And so seeing that was such a good reminder for me of like, 
yeah, even like in a big marathon build, like you don't have to close yourself off and think about running in the race like 24 seven and like stop living your life. Like, yeah, you have to, you know, as you get closer to the race and things like that, things taper off, but it's like, you can be in a marathon build training really hard and you can also go out and you can also do this and that. And like, you know, you don't have to stop living the rest of your life. You can, the two can like blend. And so I think I've, the last year and a half, I've really started to pivot more in that space. And so again, I think that is helpful because when you have a disappointing day and you're shattered because you've maintained that balance through it all, you still have that to fall back on. And you're like, wait, like, okay, I'm still in a really good space. I'm still in a really positive place in my life. I have all these amazing people. I have a great supportive family. Like I get to go do all of these things now while I recover from this experience. And like, it just makes no matter how the day goes, like it reminds you that like, there's still so much more to life than just like this one day. So that's kind of where I'm at. So like, I'm heartbroken and I'm shattered, but I'm also like weirdly, like, I know I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Cause you're like, everything else is going really well. And so I can't lose sight of that just because I'm um, this one thing didn't go well. <laughs> I love that. I hope Cause I, everybody yeah. you're more than a runner. You're more than a runner. You're more than but just I mean, your job. Whatever you do, yeah. you're more than that. <laughs> you're more than that. But you have to, I like what you, you helped me there. Cause that's that thing of like, it's inherently, it can be a gloss over the reality. Mm-hmm. And so I think what you just said there is the actual thing you have. You have to build consciously build your life to be more than a runner or else. I mean, I see it all the time, like all these amateurs who they just ignore things and lean so far into the running that then it probably puts too much pressure on the running. Oh, and then 100%. It, and I've done um, that. Like I've yeah. gone that way. And then you put so much pressure on yourself because that's all you're doing. And then, yeah, when it doesn't go well, you're like, that's literally all I have. Yeah. And in the moment, like as it's not, as it's hard, it, it can be yeah. this like, this is all I have. Yeah. Hang, squeezing it too tightly kind of thing. Um, 100%. So it's not just like an outcome. It's like a, a whole process of, mm-hmm. I love that you, you finding. Yeah. Because I mean, I feel in these moments, I feel like I don't want to be, a, I would you know, it's not an option, but like, I would never want to be a pro and it sounds horrible. And then I'm like, okay, these, some of these people like live in beautiful Boulder. They're still like. <laughs> healthy and like probably going to go on a jog like in the flat irons with their buddies like yeah. like yeah. they have a lot going for them it's they're living a beautiful life um yes okay that's helpful <laughs> and i have you guys i have relay which has yeah. been such a positive experience because it's been just so fun and different and has given me like a new kind of challenge outside of just running so again it's just like building things that's why it lands when you emailed me I was like, I didn't have to think about it. I was like, sit yes, down. This would be a super healthy thing for me to do. Like, why not? You know? And it's Aww. like opening yourself to those opportunities where in the past I would have been like, no, that will distract me from like how serious I have to be with running. Where it's mm. like now it's like, no, no, like you, this is good. Balance is very healthy. This is a good thing. <laughs> well, good, Laura Thweet, because we're in the planning of um, doing a live show in Boston. And since you're what? not running a spring marathon, I feel like. Get to oh, so- tell Saucony you've got some appearances you need to make and you got to be part of this live show. Ooh, I will. Oh, that'd be so fun. A live yeah. show. Yeah. Oh Plus, can you imagine? Yeah. It'll be good. <laughs> I know. I know. I we gotta we gotta start thinking Wait, about Peter, that. Peter, are you running Boston? I am running Boston. I'm also <laughs> just I'm flying in on Wednesday because I'm like, let's make this a week. Like let's uh 
Yeah, the theater's gonna start flying in like three weeks early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey like last month, there. Like I live here now. Peter, Peter's yeah. been bopping around town for like a month. He's by a the local. time we all get there, yeah. you realize it's not at altitude. You don't need to be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, but we have all these exciting. Um, we'll talk offline, but like, you know, chat with a pro people uh, for you to. Like excited to have well, you. I'm... I want to pick that thing back up. New Year, kind of kind of dropped off there. We'll admit it. No, we got that's a, we're a team. We're a team. Uh, we're back. Yeah. I'm back. <laughs> oh, friends, thanks for being here. Thank um, you for listening. We didn't give a sponsor shout out at the beginning, but we'll just give oh, it I'm now. Oh, I'm not good at this. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. we are all sleeping on our wonderful Lagoon pillows. And yes. If you want the best sleep of your life, go to lagoonsleep.com slash relay fill out the two minute sleep quiz and use code relay for 15 percent off laura thweet peter bromka Lindsay hine signing off thank you